Hey everybody, this is Brian, and we are taking a break this week, and we're giving you two of the mini-episodes from our Patreon feed. So if you like these, these are things that are given out every week to members at our 2 and 3 peach tier level. You can get one of these every week if you go to patreon.com slash night and sign up over there. Enjoy these, and listen, hey, have a great day. All right, here we are. Hey there, Brian. I haven't heard from you in so long. <laughs> I know. It's been a long time since we finished that last mini episode two seconds ago. Uh, yeah, which I guess for people listening, there's a stagger on that, but that's the magic of podcasting, baby. Yep. I'm going on vacation with my family to Palm Springs because for some reason we wanted to be in the middle of the desert in summer. Yeah. Brilliant move. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's me, uh, Rachel and Audrey, and then my sister and her daughter. And it's going to be awesome. Is Audrey feeling better? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sure. Well, her cold is uh, has lessened. Her attitude is still a little on the, uh, shall mm-hmm. we say, what's the word I'm looking for? Combative side. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy for a child to have a little scrape with a minor cold in the face of a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's also, she's a great, she's a very fun and interesting kid, but she's also doing this thing where, this is not an attitude thing, it's just funny, where she wants to be fancy and then she talks British. Did she do her British voice for you? No. She goes, oh, hello, Leighton. I don't <laughs> know if you've seen my dress recently, but she actually does a pretty fair uh like posh accent yeah it's very I feel like kids, very cute. kids are very good at picking that kind of thing up i definitely did a lot more of that when i was a child yeah um can you do any accents well no i can't even do a southern accent well what mm-hmm. give me you gotta give me some no. come on brian i'm not doing this say brian i'm not doing this in the southern accent no Listen, folks, if you want to hear me do a Southern accent, somewhere buried deep in the Patreon is me reading Where Are You Going, Where Have You Been uh, by Joyce Carol Oates. If you care to hear me do a bit of a Southern accent on there. Um, and you grew up with it and you can't even do it? I did, yeah. If I spend a good bit of time around my family, I slip back into it. Because mm-hmm. my dad, like, my dad definitely has a Southern accent, but it's unclear how much of it started as a bit. <laughs> Um, that's very funny yeah yeah I'm not even going to attempt I'm not this isn't my wheelhouse I don't even do like weird voices when I'm alone Mm -hmm. Uh, which I guess I I used to do as a child can you do any voices? I'm not very good no I mean I can do uh, I can lapse back into a very New York New Jersey sounding kind of what's the word I'm looking for um, you know, kind of vibe, yeah. Linguistically, uh, you know, where I where I where I kind of start talking like this a little bit more, and I'm like, yeah, that yeah. that that's pretty good. You know, it's it's not, but I'm not good with accents. I, I generally can't do them. Any accent I attempt to do, and Rachel will confirm this, eventually segues into Jamaican, and <laughs> it's which just is is not a flattering thing. No, um, so no. Uh, I'm so, I'm in awe of yeah. people who can do voices really well. Oh, me too. Rachel's amazing. She can do accents like, I mean, not like any accent, but 
uh, a lot of accents really, really well. She's amazing at British accents. That was one of the things that was super interesting about uh, reading the Daryl Hammond book because he talks so much about like his approach, like map, like physical approach to doing impressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I, I always enjoy, enjoy hearing impressionists talk about like where in the mouth or nose is yes. the sound coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, and sometimes they have like you know they have this trick where there's like they say one word or phrase to get them in. Yeah, and then they're in. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they have it. It's very interesting. That there's so much going on when you try to do an accent. Uh, yeah, I think it's fascinating. Um, no, but I'm not. I'm not good. Even you know, we didn't live in Britain long enough for that to have any real effect on me, except for a couple vocabulary words. But yeah, uh, have you have you stuck with any of those? Uh, we stuck with fuck. What was it? Uh, buggy for stroller for a while. <laughs> I mean uh, that buggy is inherently the better word for that. Yeah. Um uh you know which one I I it has totally stuck with me and not because it's a conscious decision is cling film for saran wrap. Saran wrap. Yeah. I will say cling film. Well, yeah. also it better describes what the thing is. Yes. Like saran wrap, what's the word for things where it's like the brand name just becomes the shorthand name, like Kleenex or Band-Aid? Uh, I can't remember what that is. There's I a know, word for that. Yeah, I can't remember what the name is. Um, yeah, I was thinking about it. I was just walking maybe and was 10 minutes late because I was trying to get my dog to shit and then she did shit and then it stuck to her butt because there was one of my hairs that I guess she had eaten and then I tried to pull it out and she screamed really loud. So to everyone on the block, it just seemed like I was like pulling at my dog's ass and she was screaming. <laughs> Anyway, as this is happening, I was thinking about how, like, where I'm from, uh, and this is because a guy almost hit me doing a K-turn, but where I'm from, it's a three-point turn, and I don't even know who I picked up K-turn from, but I always say K-turn now. K-turn, yeah, I grew up saying K-turn. Yeah, it's just more efficient. It sounds cooler. Three-point turn, eh. K-turn, yes. Yep, I definitely said K-turn growing up in Jersey. Um, I'm curious what the region breakdown for that is. Yeah, I don't know. That's There must be data. Um, on that. That's that's interesting. Yeah, there's every region has its own thing where you're like, well, that's obviously better. Like, yeah, the South has y'all, which is clearly yeah. the best inclusive term. Yeah. Also, like yonder. Yonder's pretty good. Reckon? Do you guys use reckon? I don't say reckon, but I know plenty of people who say reckon. Yeah, but also, you know, who says reckon a lot is like Australians. Yeah. I heard, I, I, sorry, go ahead. For the week that I was in Australia, I definitely noticed myself slipping more R's into words. Uh-huh. Uh, just you mean being in protest? Austra- what? In protest against their R-lessness? <laughs> no, but there's, they, they, throw, they throw like unnecessary R's in places. Oh, like when they go now. Yeah, yeah, exactly that, yeah. Yeah, but then they also, <laughs> I was listening to, so a lot of uh, Australian... The Australian accent is generally non-rhotic, which means that they don't pronounce a lot of R's. Mm-hmm. And this uh, one of the linguists that I, I like in a podcast, uh, Lingthusiasm, who is Australian, she was saying that to an Australian, uh, the character Carl Drogo in Game of Thrones, that's how they pronounce the name C-A-R-L. So to an Australian, <laughs> it sounds like his name is Carl Drogo. Uh, again, another another example of that's the superior name. Carl Drogo. Fuck that. That's a '80s villain. If I ever heard heard one. Carl Drogo. Yeah. 
I love Carl Drogo. Now, every time I think of Carl Drogo, Very which is not character. that often, I, think I of say, Carl having Drogo. never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones, I'm pretty sure that's the Jason Momoa uh, mm-hmm. guy, right? Yeah. Wait, have you not ga- watched Game of Thrones? I watched the first season. Uh, uh, I was not super into it. It was too like, oh, there's just like two girls making out in the background for no reason, you know, yeah. kind of. Thing. I mean, it's truly the SNL sketch where it's Andy Samberg, they're doing interviews with the crew, and it's like, oh, yeah, here's the 12 year old boy who came in to help us direct. Yeah. It's like it was really horny and not in like a fun way. And yeah. I read all the books actually. Um, and I have very little memory of what happens in any of them. Uh, yeah, because they're not interesting. They they're just too long, and some I read of them the first are too. They're fun, but th- then this weird like in book four, uh, which I can't even remember the name of. None of the characters you like are back, and <laughs> you read, you start this book, and you're like, "What the fuck? Where am I? What's going mm-hmm. on?" And then eventually, I think like Tyrion or. Is that how you say his name? Tyrion? You're asking the wrong gal. I think it's Tyrion. Uh, Tyrion shows up, I think, like at the very end for like two pages and is like, hey, what's up? And then that's the connection to the rest of the book. So he did this very interesting thing where he was like, oh, you know, you guys like Tyrion and uh, Davos and everyone else? Well, fuck you, because they're not in this one. Uh, Yeah. So is there still a thing where the last book or whatever isn't I love talking about things I know nothing about. Yeah, there there are two more books that have not appeared yet. And it's been I think almost 10 years since the previous book. Good for him. I hope he never puts them out. I kind of do too and he's getting old. I say that with no spite for Game of Thrones fans. I just think that it's very funny if he doesn't put the last two out. I think it's funny given the amount of shit people have been giving him forever Mm -hmm. and the amount of money he's making where like and by the way, if he doesn't put them out within two years of his death, they will be out because he'll have manuscripts and someone will just finish them. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll finish it in like a month and then everyone will be like, see, why did it take him 10 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Who like, cares? Have you never written a 3,000-page fantasy epic before? It's fucking <laughs> harder than like it sounds, huh? Eight of them or whatever. Yeah. However many. Oh, my God. They're, yeah. They're, they're just like... I, yeah. Maybe this isn't fair of me. I, I just, I cannot get into fantasy. I don't, like hard fantasy, hard sci-fi. Not to say the Game of Thrones is like hard fantasy, but like it's just not, doesn't grab me. Well, you you know how you, you make hard fantasy, right? Do, do your joke. You take fantasy and just keep rubbing it. <sighs> that was low even for you. <laughs> it's a theme. I've done that on NSP Twitter a bunch. Yeah, hard, I know. With hard cider. I like it. I guess that's fair. Man, I, I hate beer. I can't stand drinking beer. So the alternative alcohol content-wise is always like, well, I guess I will have a hard cider. Mm-hmm. But also, a hard cider is just beer, but what if it was disgustingly sweet? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm not a cider guy. Even because I'll go for like angry orchard because everyone has it it's not good i even got the like it's really not whatever it's called that is supposed to be like this is our less sweet kind and it's like no this is Uh, the more sweet hard lemonade (laughs) what do you think what am i 18 well you know how you make hard lemonade right (sighs) 
You take lemonade and you just keep rubbing it. <laughs> Honestly, Brian, I figured that both of us would be so committed to that silence that it would be like 10 minutes maybe. Yeah. I was thinking about it. <laughs> and I felt it out. Yeah. I wonder if anybody picked up their uh, phone or whatever the fuck to check to make oh, sure. Oh, that's my dream. When, when I was <laughs> in college when I was a DJ... Uh, I would, especially if I was a DJing in a team, which you often had to do when you were younger uh, and didn't get the good slots, I mm. would see how much dead air I could get before <laughs> my co-DJ interrupted. So I'd do this thing where I acted like I was about to say something and then I'd kind of keep waiting until they finally gave in. And it was a little contest with myself to see how long I could get it before they felt the need to interrupt that's a really fun contest for everyone. Oh, everyone it was very, it. very unpopular. <laughs> I Speaking of having contests with yourself, uh, when I was in college and had roommates, we lived in a shitty apartment that had elevators. And we had this running game where we would get on the elevators and we would intentionally have like the dumbest or weirdest conversation possible. Just like anything to get an actual reaction I, out of the other people on the elevator. I think you were just talking about this. I believe I was... Was like, I talking pl- about this because I was talking about spinal fluid? Maybe. Just keep, keep going. That sort of I, ruins I, I don't line. remember where it landed last Now time. it's that was as a bit. And now I've just evolved to a point where that's how I am. And so I was walking with Vernon because we were doing a dog walk and we walked past this church and we were coming up on the church. And I was refl- relaying the story about how on which movie was it? <sighs> Some movie that George Clooney was in where he did a stunt himself and he got fucked up so bad that immediately spinal fluid was pouring out of his nose. Really? Yeah. Fuck. And he, to this day, has like health effects from it. Anyway, we were talking about... Huh? That sucks. Yeah. It was really bad. Uh, And then we were walking past this thing and we were discussing that because it was... I mean, it's not cool, but the image of spinal fluid coming out of somebody's nose is like pretty. Uh, it's pretty awful. It's, yeah, it's pretty awful. Anyway, I was I was singing loudly, and the spinal fluid was coming out of his nose. And then I turn and look, and there are two very very old people sitting on the bottom of the stairs staring at me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a big flip from doing that shit on purpose to bother people to absolutely not doing that shit on purpose. And uh, I felt true shame for the first time in a while. Yeah, that that makes sense. Did they hear you? Did they obviously hear you? Oh, yeah. I took a quick glance and then I like speed walked ahead. It is the worst feeling when someone catches you doing a bit that you didn't really intend to be caught. And then, I mean, there, there is nothing quite as mortifying as doing something for a friend that you know would not be okay if other people heard you. <laughs> For yeah. whatever reason. And then you turn around and a bunch of people have heard you. It's just, I constantly do that on purpose to the point where I, if I see somebody coming, I'll start like ramping up the ridiculousness of it. And I think mm-hmm. that probably mm-hmm. makes me a person that people would cross the street to avoid just because I'm being an obnoxious little LA prick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just very fun. Because it's, it's like very oh, fun. At least like it's fun. That person gets to be like, wow, what an idiot. And that's that's all I want to do for other people. Yeah. Just and then they can tweet about you and be like, you'll me. never yeah, guess o- what I heard. What was the that? The overheard LA Twitter account, oh. an account that I hate. Oh, is that really an account? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. It's uh, it it always ends up in the like making fun of crunchy granola mom territory. Like it's never actually interesting. Yeah. It's just like oh, look at listen to this like stupid kid's name. Uh, surely I, I, I've probably mentioned this at some point in the show. Um, the best thing I ever overheard in Southern California was shortly after I moved to San Diego for grad school in '98, and I was in the gym. Do you remember where the story is going? Have I ever told you this? No. So I was in the gym at. Uh, UCSD, and I was walking, I don't know, I was walking through the gym, and I was walking past the treadmills, and there were two women on the treadmills, like, walking slow enough that they could talk to each other while they were walking. Mm -hmm. And I overheard one say to the other, well, he is so actor-slash-model and not the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yes. And I was like, that may be the quintessential SoCal thing. Yeah. Because so my interpretation of that is he is not very hot. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But is banking on the model angle perhaps yeah. more than he should. Yes. But he's hot enough, yes. To, but to to still call himself a model, he is like well, hot enough, I guess. Yeah. I hope the record picked up me loudly cracking my neck. Um, <laughs> did you see the trailer for the new season of season season of Succession? Uh, I didn't because I haven't watched Succession. What? I know, Brian. I've been me. I have been meaning to. It's just you know I've had other things. You don't to have to do get defensive. And, this is uh, more of a me being excited that you haven't seen it and you get to watch it for the first time. I'm. I really want to see it. I. Uh, I love Brian Cox. I'm a Brian Cox super fan. Yeah, we're all Brian and, Cox stands here. Yeah. Um, Gotta stand I, that Cox. <laughs> <laughs> that hot Scott Cox. Uh, <laughs> is he Scottish? I think he's, I don't remember. I, uh, I'm pretty sure he is. I can be, be making that up. He might be English. I don't know. Something or other. Yeah. Regardless, he's up. great. There are a bunch of like British actors on that show who I think there's something really great, I guess, coming back around to yeah. accents of it's can be really bad when someone like Andrew Lincoln does an American slash Southern accent from mm-hmm. British. It just sounds fucked up. Well, that's but also s- their their go-to. Every British person doing an American accent goes Southern, which is yeah. fucking ugh, done with it. Yeah, but um, when people are really, really good, it adds like a level of gravitas and like really fun. Like there's just a, a nice zhuzh to the words. when. Yep non-American actors are doing really good American accents. And there are a bunch of those on Succession. Yeah, because um, uh, what's her name? Sarah... Snook. Snook is Australian, right? She is. And then the guy who plays Tom, who's in Pride and Prejudice, whose name I forget, he is. And he's amazing. He gives one of my like favorite line reads in anything mm-hmm. um, that I think only works because he is actually British. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know why it works, but for anybody listening who's seen Succession, it's the, uh, then why the fuck are you wearing deck shoes, man? Um, it's good. It's a great, you know what it's a fucking great show. has always puzzled me. Why did they make Doctor Strange have an American accent? You could have fucking let Cumberbatch do his normal accent and it would have been fine. Yeah, he's got a nice voice. He's got a great voice, and Didn't his American he accent. American for Grinch too. What? Uh, he was in Grinch. <laughs> he was the Grink. <laughs> he, he was. Uh, really? I they did an animated Grinch. Yeah. And he was the Grinch. Oh well, I forgot. Benedict. That. Um, I'm pretty sure they made him. Be, am I making this up? 
I, I, I remember now that they did that, but I don't remember who the Grinch was. After, who's the original one? Was it Paul Freese? Who's the original? It wasn't Thurl Ravenscroft, right? He sang the song. Man, that's an all-timer Christmas song. Like It's the, I, the, it's the Christmas diss track. Like, yes. you can't go wrong. There is a Mojo Nixon version of that song, which is really just incredible. Uh, Mojo Nixon. I don't think we've talked about Mojo Nixon, although I could be wrong, but he is one of my all-time biggest inspirations and just everything that guy does, I, I, it was so influential to me as a kid uh, and as a like aspiring comedy. He's not really a comedy musician, but mm-hmm. he's got more fuck you energy than almost anybody else I know. <laughs> and, oh, he was born in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's from there. I think he's still on Sirius, like country radio or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I am a Mojo Nixon superman, and he has a Mojo Nixon and the Toad Lickers album, Horny Holidays. Oh, my fuck favorite yeah. Christmas album has an incredible Mr. Grinch on it. Huh. Because uh, at the end, to dig into this. <laughs> at the end of Mr. Grinch, so Mojo has this very, like, kind of low, a little bit Tom Waitsy voice. So he just sung the whole Mr. Grinch song, and the end, he goes, You're going to hell. <laughs> okay, wait. Yeah, I've totally heard that. <laughs> Wait, he was Toad in the Mario Brothers movie? Yes, he was. Oh, uh, Chapel Hill was North Carolina. Okay, this makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, he did a couple, I couple acting roles here and there. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. That makes sense. I did not know. I've been watching like nonstop Sopranos and then also the podcast Talking Sopranos where they have a bunch of people on. But mm-hmm. I didn't. They, they had talked about how Stevie Van Sant, who uh, plays Silvio Dante. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Little I heard Steven. that. Um, that he wasn't an actor really prior to Sopranos. And I was like, wait, what, what was he doing then? Because I had no wait, idea. Did you not know? I did not know at all. Okay, well then it, your punishment is to explain to everybody who this man is. <laughs> Brian, you have to. Bandana enthusiast Stephen Van Zandt. Well, he's a bandana enthusiast because he lost his hair in a car accident as a teenager. Yeah, that's... So he's in the the E Street band. band. He yeah. played with Bruce Springsteen for for years. Yeah, um, I had no idea. I just thought he was Silvio Dante. I didn't realize that Silvio was like a footnote on his career. <laughs> yeah, no, he he. I mean, I don't think of him as an actor primarily. I think of him also as his a, face is just like that. Yep, which is, is incredible. Like he also has a very very uh, ridiculous failed Kickstarter for. What? That I think he raised money for and then just never did anything with. Hold on. Hold on. Once upon a dream. Oh no. That's it. $123,000. <laughs> yep. And I believe they just never filled any of the, um, yeah, the Rascals reunion show. That's what it was. <laughs> oh my God. So they raised punches. all this money. And then I believe just kind of <laughs> never did anything with it. What the f- 12 people pledged 5,000 or more. It's crazy. For a meet and greet. <laughs> with <laughs> Stephen Van Sant, it's the stage lighting designer. Yeah. Wow, that's worth 5K. So it looks like I'm being slightly wrong about this. I think they did send some stuff out, but... I believe it was not what was promised. Uh, 
but yeah, so that was a fun little, uh, fun little discovery for me because I had absolutely no idea. That's yeah. Well, look, when you grow up in New Jersey, you are by osmosis familiar with everybody who has ever played with Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Yeah. Watching videos of him playing is uh, very fun. He's a great actor. He's really fucking good in The Sopranos. I haven't seen it, but everyone says he's great. Yeah. Wait, have we talked about this? You haven't seen The Sopranos or? I have not. We have talked about this. Yes. That's that's on my list. Um, I just haven't seen it. Yeah. This is my number one harass people into watching show right now. Um, it's definitely I, I won't do that. It, no, it's gonna. It's not because I don't want to. I just haven't done it yet. Well, so. I'll, also, everybody asks me to watch shit all the time, and the answer is always no because I'm too busy rewatching True Detective for the second time yeah. in two weeks. <laughs> you know what I did start watching recently? Cobra Kai. Oh yeah, is it good? It's pretty fucking great. Like right. I. Aren't there like a bunch of seasons of that now? I believe there are three, maybe four. Um, But I heard uh, Johnny, William Zabka is the actor. uh, Great name. Yeah, great name. On Mark Maron uh, a few, a month or so ago. And he just sounded so great. So like, so interesting and kind. Mm -hmm. And I'd been kind of, I hate, you know, I just don't, reboots are all terrible. We're not reboots, but like these, like the 11th X-Files season or whatever. They're always awful. And I just won't watch any of them. Uh, But I was, I'd heard enough good things about it. And I was taken with this guy's interview. I was like, I'll check it out. I started watching it and it's, it's a solid show. Like, is it high art? No, but they. Are you enjoying it? Yes. I'm really, it's not even like, oh, this is bad, but I'm enjoying it. It is a good show and he's great in it. Uh, he, he like, you know, they have a pretty realistic, I mean, ish version of what that dude would have grown up to be. And I, I really like it. I think he's doing a great job. Ralph Macchio is doing a great job. Uh, it takes place largely in the San Fernando Valley, which is where I call home. So it's fun to watch bullshit happen in Encino. Um, and yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. That's fun. I love finding something just because you hear somebody be cool on a podcast or whatever. Yes, totally, right? You're like, oh, I guess I'll check that out. And then it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I can't sing the praises of Talking Sopranos enough because it is really fascinating. And the pairing of Michael Imperioli, who plays Christopher, and then Steve Sharippa, who plays Bobby Bacala. Love uh, Michael Imperioli. He is so fucking cool. He is the coolest goddamn guy. He seems great. He is, he just, he got so hot and keeps getting hotter. Oh, really? Unreal. Yeah. He was like, I don't know, Sopranos era, Sopranos era, he's like a little, little dopey. But now he's just gone full like Silver Fox. It's, does he still have the mustache? He's got to have the mustache, right? He never had a mustache. Oh, wait. I'm thinking, yeah. Who are you thinking of? Didn't he have a mustache at one point? Maybe not. Wait, what have you seen? I he did have. A, you're right. You're right. He did have an amazing mustache. How could I possibly forget the mustache? Yeah, let me. I think this is this is definitely the guy I'm thinking of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, that's yeah. the mustache yeah. I'm talking about. And like his life on Mars mustache. Yeah, he was recently in a um, Japanese breakfast music video that was great. Huh. Uh, Seems like a good dude too, right? From what I know, 
It's very funny because he is a very thoughtful, like every single thing. He does incredible analysis on the show. I mean, he also wrote a bunch of the episodes and is also like the best character on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's like a Buddhist and is just like very thoughtful and has a soothing voice. And then Steve Schripp is just like, I don't want to dunk on him too hard, but he's totally like everyone's loud, drunk uncle. Like mm-hmm. that's the energy. And so the two of them butting heads is very funny. Um, uh, yeah. But they have so many like cast and crew from the show that they interview. And like, there's just clearly like a lot of love there. Um, it's really fun. Once I watch that show, I will listen to that pod. Uh, I was uh, actually, I saw Michael Imperioli recently cause I watched Goodfellas for the first time. Oh, in however many fucking years. And he's nice. like a baby in that. Yeah. Hold on. I need pictures. Cause he's baby in Sopranos too. Oh yeah. And this is like, Goodfellas is probably 10 years before that. Maybe yeah. Not quite that long. But I've yeah, never he's... seen Goodfellas. Uh, nobody kill me. Oh, he's, he's little. Look he's at little. him. Yeah. 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 He's tiny. Whoa. Um, Goodfellas is, you know, I'm not sure I'd ever actually seen the whole thing in one sitting. And it it's a great film. You know, it, do you like Scorsese macho classic rock bullshit? If so, you will like Goodfellas. If not, you'll hate mm-hmm. it. Like, you know. I feel like I'll enjoy it probably. He's a good filmmaker and a lot of people that I like are in it. Um, yeah, the cast is just insanely great. Isn't Lorraine Bracco also in that? Yes. Oh, God, she's fucking amazing. I, th- I think so. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought so. Hold on. Her story is really interesting because she was she did not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, she, she had never acted before and she got nominated for that movie for an Academy Award, uh, and, or sorry, she, there, there's like some interview where she's talking about how she like won Golden Globe Awards. And when she found out about that for Goodfellas, mm-hmm. she had to ask somebody what a Golden Globe was. Really? That's yeah. Awesome. She's cool as fuck. Um, wow. anybody who's seen Sopranos and wants an entry point to talking Sopranos, definitely just like watch the episode they have her on. Cause they talk about how, like when she was, they, they begged her to audition and they really wanted her to have Edie Falco's role as Carmela. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, I've been the Carmela. I don't want to be the mob wife again. I mm-hmm. want to be the therapist. Like she insisted on it. And they were all like, this show's called the Sopranos, not Dr. Melfi. No. Um, and so she she just gives like a very impassioned thing about how like she really wanted to be able to be like an intelligent put together like Italian woman on a TV show like ugh. that's awesome amazing milf rights yeah um, and I'm looking at her Wikipedia right now she was married to Edward James almost and with uh, Harvey Keitel for a long time wow <laughs> good, crazy good for her yeah I don't know uh, Scorsese is like he's great it's not he's really great. my zone. But I acknowledge that's great. My favorite Scorsese is After Hours. I've, After Hours it's, is one of my favorite movies. After Hours completely rules. It is crazy town start to finish. It is so funny. So and, funny, so well paced. Like the mm, ramping up. It, it's a huge, yeah. like, in terms of how artfully it sets up tension. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, I study that film. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. All the acting is great. It's just weird. Also, as somebody um, who who hates leaving, it's a movie about how you should never leave your house. That's, yes, definitely true. I'm a huge Griffin Dune fan. I think that guy is the funniest thing. I've talked about this on the show, I know. I think he's yeah, such a he, funny he's actor. so good in that, too. I had not seen him in anything else because I have not seen an American Werewolf in London. 
yeah. which I need to. I've seen all the like you know fun practical effects from that movie, but I've never actually watched it. Did I send you the Griffin Dune? So I know we've talked about this. I can't remember if I sent it to you. Uh, there's a in the, there are a bunch of like you know there are these movies which are sketch comedy movies which are just a bunch of shit mm-hmm. pasted together. The worst yeah. example of which being movie 43. <laughs> I was just uh, about to say. Yes. Did you ever watch that? I did not, but I don't need to. I um, that that one is such a mystery. Is there like a how did this get made for movie 43 because if there is I'm listening to that. I doubt there is because they probably have too many friends in it. <laughs> um, or some or they were in it. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Jason Manzukis was in it. But there were two sketch comedy movies by I think by Zucker Abraham Zucker or Associates in the 80s. One was Kentucky Fried Movie. This might mm-hmm. even be late 70s. And the other was called Amazon Women on the Moon. And uh, these are like R-rated, you know, sex comedy level, like Porky's-esque. You must have uh, told me things. about the, these in like the seventh episode. It of was the a show long time ago. But uh, Kentucky Fried Movie... I have not seen it in forever. I can't imagine it holds up. Like, mm-hmm. maybe there's some funny shit in there, but I'd be surprised. Uh, Amazon Women on the Moon has some uh, sketches which to this day I think are just incredible. And example number one is where Griffin Dune plays a doctor who uh, has just delivered Michelle Pfeiffer's baby. And he has... oh. His performance is so. I'm just going to send this to you right now. Hold on. We don't have to watch the whole thing. Uh, Amazon yeah. Women on the Moon, Baby Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm very. I, I immediately Googled Movie 43 and I've got a Guardian article. Movie 43. Why did so many Hollywood stars sign up for the humiliation? All right, here. Uh, I'm putting this in the chat. <laughs> Wow, a link pasted in Zen. I know they fixed that. Yeah. Okay, are we syncing this or am I just meant to watch like the... Yes. Okay. All right, ready? Oh, wait, no. It's uh, six minutes long, so it's going to take shit. a while. No, we're not watching this whole thing. We're not going to watch the whole thing, but just I want you to watch a little bit of Griffin Dude's performance okay. here. All right, okay. ready? Three, two, one, play. Okay, anyway, that's enough of that for now. But. I'm immediately watching the rest of this when we end this episode because that's fucking amazing. All of his lad. Ooh, Lamar. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Gosh, they're so lifelike. He just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he really... really watching After Hours was definitely, I think, seeing pictures of him and being like, this guy's really the lead in this movie? And immediately being like, yep, okay, yep, he's amazing. Yep. So... Uh, uh, God, who else is in that movie? Um, fuck. Uh, Character actor. Oh, fuck. Uh, who's the blonde lady? Uh, I'm um, thinking, oh, uh, uh, sorry. Catherine O'Hara is in it. Of yes, course. that's yes, what I'm thinking of. That's, she's in it. Um, and also, oh my God, what's her name? Uh, classic, like New York punk. Fi- oh, fuck. I can't remember now. Oh, uh, 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 shit. <sighs> It's killing me. It's not Strawberry Fields, but it's something like that. I Tommy Chong's in it. It's yeah, a, lots of lots of amazing people. Yeah. Um, 
It's just they they don't they don't make them like that anymore. Actually, you know what? They totally do. Uh, the Safdie brothers movies are a hundred percent explicit. Uh, yeah, after hours, they're, they're like, good time like is is a hundred percent after hours. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, it's like uh, after hours is definitely my favorite Scorsese. I'm curious. What is I recently recently rewatched Shutter Island? What is your opinion on Shutter Island? As a horror person. <laughs> It's a horror person. It's not a fucking horror. It's not movie. a horror movie, but it is horror adjacent. It's a thriller. No, it's not. It's a thriller. Come on, it's a psychological thriller. I don't know. It's fine. It's it's such a specific moment in was that early two thousands or like was that already in twenty tens? I think it was late two thousands. I think yeah. it was roughly ten years ago. It rockets me back to periods where my mom would watch whatever the new releases are and then very excitedly tell me what all the twists were. yeah i um one of those was i forget oh it was the year that doubt came out which i think is like 2008 yeah Uh, but my mom was very excitedly detailing the plot of doubt uh which you know plot of that movie for a child is not super fun to hear about no 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 but as an adult that movie fucking rules i love that movie that's great uh it's just like hey you want to see some God damn acting. Yeah, it's, this well, it's is a, just it's a acting. play, right? Didn't they just yeah. film a play essentially? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, it's a Shanley, right? It's a John Patrick Shanley. Yep, yeah, it is yeah. indeed. Yeah. Uh, I love that Viola Davis is in literally one scene that's about five minutes and she won an Oscar for it. Yeah. God. Yeah. And it's amazing. She deserved it. It's I, I watch scenes from that movie just all the time. I haven't seen it in a long time, not since it came out. I just, I, I just yeah. love to see my boy Philip Seymour Hoffman, who I think I mention on every single episode of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, well, uh, you know what? No, I'm not going to say. I, I, I talked <gasps> about a movie a young Philip Seymour Hoffman was in as a What's Poppin' recently, but I don't think that episode will have come out by the time people hear this. So I I'm going to hold off on it. Oh, that makes sense, considering the context. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, and he's very okay. young, and he's not in it very long. Yeah, I'm sad that there aren't more scenes from Happiness on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Completely understandable for the same reasons that you can't fucking stream it anywhere. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that feels Films. like a good place to stop. Yeah, it's also 8.30 and I'd like to go smoke weed and play Animal Crossing for the well, next six hours. Similarly, I want to put my child to bed. Lovely. Um, Please send her is. my love. I will. It's my turn tonight. I think we're probably keeping her home from camp again tomorrow. Uh, yeah, uh, it's probably wise. Cold. Yeah, don't want to get anyone sick. Especially not now. Nope. All right, great. Folks at home, I hope you're good. Uh, this, see you Friday. <laughs> this is, <laughs> yes. This is the end of the uh, episode, that you just, the mini-sode that you just listened to. Goodbye. Hell yeah, it is. Bye. <laughs> Wow, look at us. We're in a mini-sode. The magic of technology. It's incredible. Um, uh, yes, please. I was just going to say my my birthday is tomorrow. I know. 24. Yeah. It's very That's exciting. All. How do you feel? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a holiday or birthday person, so yes. I would, if it were my preference, I would simply not have a birthday.
Um, when I was a small child, I remember a kid at like a gymnastic center being like, when's your birthday? And I was like, I don't know what day it is this year. Uh, cause I, I truly thought that your birthday changed every year, which is wow. kind of fun. Even yeah. as a kid. I mean, you know, most kids are like, nothing is more important, right? Yeah. Just- I don't know. I, I did not have like fun birthdays. <laughs> I was just a sensitive child and usually ended up crying over something or another. Oh. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow I'm going to get some sushi. I'm going to see if I can find somewhere that has cheesecake. And uh, I'm going to go see M. Night Shyamalan's horrible beach that makes you old movie with some people. Oh, it makes you old. I didn't understand what it did. The title was confusing. Yeah, yeah, I could see how that could be that that yeah. could be confusing. Um, do you do you want a video message from my daughter because she I would will fucking want to send you one? Love that. I would love nothing more. That would be a okay. perfect gift. Great. She will um, absolutely send you one. I love that. Um, uh, speaking of her, I don't want to distract from this discussion too much, but I did think of something in the interim. If you recall, during our last mini, uh, I related to you that she asked us if cows like rap music. Yes. Moo, so moo, 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 I thought, moo, moo, et cetera. I thought of the name of the most famous cow rapper. Hit me. Ground Chuck D. <laughs> Don't you think that's that would be like offensive to cows? Because it's just automatically like, yeah, we're all going to die horribly. Yeah, but that's probably part of Ground Chuck D's mystique, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's, it's controversial. Like, embrace the reality of your life, man. Wow. You know, that's pretty deep. Yeah. It's well. it's always bothered me. This is not a hot take or a new take in any way, but just that Chick-fil-A's whole marketing is like cows being like, yeah, get the chickens. Yeah, it's I, definitely weird. It, it, it falls into that. It's not charming. I mean, it is one step better than the the very famous thing of like the pig that's telling you to buy pork or, you know, any animal that is encouraging you to eat itself. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the the lowest form of that, I would say. Although not unacceptable at least to me uh but yeah i feel like the the acceptable version is the douglas adams hitchhiker's guide Mm -hmm. cows begging you to eat them yep uh, deal which book is that in that is at the restaurant of the at the end of the universe because that's where they eat that meal ah there you go yep yes Um, that's a a scene that burned itself into my mind don't worry sir i'll be very humane wink Those books are so fucking good. They're just really amazing. Left an indelible impact on my psyche. Oh yeah, me too. We may have discussed this, but in fact, I'm sure we did. I we've, would re- we've discussed it multiple times. Yeah, I would reread them every year. The the other one that I really love now is Dirk Gently, which is just incredible. Yeah, the first Dirk Gently. The second one is not okay. as good. Okay, that's good to know. Uh. And you know what? I, I know we've talked about this before, and I don't remember what we said about it, but you know what? The movie is not bad. The Hitchhiker's movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Well, you okay, you mean the movie movie with Mostaf and... Yes, yeah. Uh, who else was in it? Martin Alan Freeman. Marvin, right? No, yeah. right, and Stephen Fry is the book. Uh, was Zoe Deschanel Trillion? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah, she, she was. Sam Rockwell, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Not bad. I saw it in theaters. Haven't seen it since, but I liked it. Yeah. Well, great. That's Hitchhiker's Chat. Uh, <laughs> I 
so I think I started telling you about this on a break during one of our episodes and then I never elaborated. But did I talk to you about Tiny Phone? Not that I recall. Okay. So a couple of years ago, the company Palm, you know, they made the Palm Pre and, and Palm the Palm Pilot. Pilot. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess the the company like it's not the same company, but a new company acquired it. And a couple of years ago, they released this teensy tiny Palm phone that's like an Android phone, but it's the size of a credit card. So it's like, and, let's see, like three inches less yes. on a side. Yeah. yeah. It, it, like, it literally fits in your palm. It's very small. Um, but when they released them, they were like $350, and all the reviews were like, yeah, it's cute, but the battery life sucks. This is terrible. Why would you want this? This is a tragedy for $350. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it came out, I was like, damn, that's really cute. I wish that wasn't so expensive. Well, shockingly, they sold like shit. Verizon discontinued them. <laughs> um, and now you can get them on eBay for like 60 bucks. Oh, my. So... I, I I just, I've been feeling very mad at phones lately and mm-hmm. my big phone is, you know, maybe three or four years old. And I was like, I want to get a new phone that like sucks. <laughs> um, that like, I just, I'm sick of staring at the misery brick and I found one yeah. of these for 60 bucks. I bought it. The way that it works is that it's like a smartwatch. So you share the number with your main phone. So all texts and calls will also go to your little guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like a little companion phone. But well, I have cool. not put any social media on it. And it's it's like a full-fledged Android phone. The keyboard is amazing to type on, especially if you use like swipe typing. How tiny um, is it? It's got to be teeny tiny, right? It's, it's, it's very small. It's basically like I've told people about it and then I've showed it to them in real life and they've been like, holy fuck, I didn't realize it was that small. Like I'm not exaggerating when I say it is the size of a credit card. Wow. Um, How thick this is it? fucking amazing oh it's so slim it looks like a little um it looks like a baby version of an iphone x hold on i bet i can text you a picture of this right now um, just text yeah like in your hand for context or something or next to something yeah, yeah yeah um i it's amazing the battery life does indeed suck but i don't leave my house so i can just charge it and also if you have a portable charger it charges really fast okay hold hmm. on i'm texting this to you uh, and I fucking love it. I'm using my phone less. I'm barely looking at social media. And it's so cute. And anywhere I go, people are like, what is that? It's a real conversation piece. That's awesome. It, yeah, it is. And you, of course, and your favorite thing is when people talk to you unprovoked. Yes, it's the best. Oh, fuck. I've changed my default messaging app and now it's pissed at me. Uh, ba, 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 ba. So, And it runs fun. Android. Yes. Um, and I... I'm just having a great, it's so, it's so cute. It's so light because forever I've been looking for like, I I was using an old iPhone I had just to listen to like songs I had downloaded just because iPods, bring them back. Mm -hmm. But this, uh, I can get, it has data. I can do Spotify, hook up my AirPods, take it for a little walk. Like it fits in women's size pockets. I texted this to you. Let's see, have I received it yet? I have not. Um, yeah, I miss. I don't know. I don't think they still make them. Those little, not the not the square iPods, not the shuffle, but the Nano. Remember those? Yeah, yeah, like the little rectangular ones. Yeah, those were rad. Those were. That's so the one great. that I had when I was a kid. Oh, I love them. I do love those like rectangle ones. Those are really cute. Yeah, because they. I mean, that was like kind of the size of the thing you're talking about. Yes. Did that? And, did that image deliver? Uh, I have not received it yet. What the? Fuck? Do you want to put it in the chat here? Can you do that? How could I paste an image into the? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe. Oh wait, I got it. 
I got it. Holy shit. What? <laughs> That's tiny as fuck. Yeah, right? It's so, so that cute. is, wait a minute. That is just, I'm trying to think about it on my hand. That is, so it is smaller than your hand. Yes. Incredible. No, like it's the size of, it, my wallet is bigger than, which is like a little card case. It's bigger than the, the little guy. That is fantastic. Um, I love it. Yeah, I I am obsessed with it. Uh, and you know, for for times when you really when when the social media is is being bad, I I just don't uh, I won't look at my big phone, and I can simply look at little phone, and I can still talk to my friends over Discord and text and yeah. make calls. Is that, that the time? Nine twenty six is the time on that. Yeah, this what, was like the other night. What an interesting way to. So the, for people who can't see this, which is everybody, uh, it is a it is a pyramid with the nine on the top and the twenty six on the bottom, which is very interesting. That's an interesting way of displaying the time. Well, it's 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 a tiny little phone, so where yeah, well, else are you going to put the numbers? I, you could make them tinier. Also, like the call quality is really great, which hmm. I'm stunned by. And it uh, pairs with Bluetooth, so you can yep, mm-hmm. so you can AirPod it up. That's great. So yeah, I highly recommend folks. When this first came out, it would have been a no-go, but 60 bucks. Like it's it's a full-fledged Android phone. If you wanted to get a phone for your kid, like that that's the move. And so you got this thing used, presumably. Mm-hmm. It was like refurbished, I think. Yeah. Cuz I'm cool I imagine thing. there's just a ton of them sitting around cuz nobody bought one. Yeah. You well, you know who would love to see this is my daughter who <laughs> oh, of course. just kvells over tiny things. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, she's she's excitedly shown me many of her tiny things. It is actually perfectly sized for maybe, and so I've been getting a <laughs> big kick out of holding it up to her head and pretending she's on a conference call. <laughs> I like first of all, that's incredible, and you must send a picture of that. <laughs> oh yeah, just yeah, so yeah, I, I can one. show to Audrey. I like the idea. Here's the idea: is that you are taking everything in your life and scaling it down. Mm-hmm. So it starts with the phone. And then it's like a table. It's I guess this is sort of the semi the plot of downsizing that weird Matt Damon movie. Oh uh, yeah, who directed that was that? A, that wasn't a, was that a Soderbergh? Who was that? Uh, oh no, it was uh, Alexander Payne, I believe. Sorry, got it. I think so. Okay, I'm slowly sending you this image of creature, a tiny dog with a tiny phone, a tiny <laughs> conversation. It's so funny. I was just losing my mind. Um, okay, and then we send it to Brian. I will say that if, if anybody listening, if you have an iPhone and you're interested in this, it does not work with iMessage, which is a bummer. Hmm. Um, you have to like switch to the default Verizon Message Plus app, which sucks. <laughs> Look at your face in this. <laughs> it's just like pure joy. <laughs> and that's ring, Vernon, ring. right? Yeah, we're on a little that writing call. Very funny. Yeah. I just, I, why did we have to start making phones so big? It feels like wrong to look at my big phone now. I, I really like it when you see someone having a conversation on an iPad, like it's a phone. That's my favorite. I've never seen any, you, you've seen people do that. I've seen a, I mean, not often, but I have seen it happen. Yes. It's weirder when they're using it like a camera. Oh, Yes, just like I sort of get it if that's the device you have to take pictures, but you look like a maniac if you're walking around <laughs> with an iPad taking pictures. I mean, you that's yeah. 
there is no world in which that becomes a normal thing. It, mm, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're we're heading for it just because like phones, sh- sh- like being I in setting this up, I had to spend like three days in Verizon Wireless customer service hell, which you caught me in the middle. Oh, of that's what was happening. Hour long. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I I had to go to the physical Verizon store twice and just looking at all the phones on display. Fun. Like, why are they so big? Let's go back. They're Reject really modernity. Big. Embrace tiny. Um, I'm very excited by the developments in foldable smartphones because mm-hmm. there are a couple of them on the market right now, and they're not oh. in a good place for it to be feasible. But I like, know that I want to see that get developed phone. because they look way better than you think that they would. Oh yeah, these I'm looking at a. Let's see. There's like a I razor. There's one that folds lengthwise. That's very interesting. Yeah. For $2,000? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, they're insane. What? Um, but like, give it a few more years, and I feel like they'll oh, be yeah. in a cool place. Like, I, I love the design. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. I Just yeah. for funsies, I love looking at weird old cell phones, and I collect some of them. Like, they're, why, why do we have to get someone interesting? Why the slab? Here's a Samsung one that has two hinges. Whoa, what? Here. I'm going to put this panel in the chat. Look at this. Okay. okay what's this look like? Whoa. Wild, no. right? No, I mean, thank it, you. It does not look appealing, but it's interesting that it exists. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so curious how do you make a touchscreen that's foldy. Seven and a quarter inches, basically, unfolded. Weird. It's very interesting watching YouTube reviews of these foldable smartphones uh, mm-hmm. because much like with reviews of the Palm phone, it's like, this is so cute. It's so nostalgic. I love this. It's so impractical. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I, I feel like you would be constantly unflipping the phone uh, to look at the screen, which I think is uh, a good thing. You shouldn't look at your fucking I screen. I'm sick. I agree. I'm sick of a, a tiny screen on me all the time that yep. screams bad words at me. Now, when I if I look at Twitter on this little thing, it's like, what is this discourse for ants? I'm sorry, you're <laughs> mad. I can't hear you because your words are so tiny. You're, they're too tiny to hear. I'm sorry. Your opinion is small, just like you, motherfucker. <laughs> um, the how old were you when you got a phone first? And uh, I was ten, and it was a flip phone. Yeah. Okay. Good. I think that's what I would do with Audrey. Is Around then, well, you're not going to be going out by yourself too much when you're 10, but... Yeah. I mean, my parents, I hated using it. It was mostly just so my parents could call me and be like, are you dead? Right. Yeah, Um, exactly. But uh, after that, I had like another dumb phone that had a shitty little touchscreen, and then I got my first smartphone when I was like 15, maybe. Sounds sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. It's they they do you remember the like uh Firefly and the little like kid phones that they used to make? No, not at all. Um they there was a thing in the early 2000s. I had friends who had them, but they're basically like you can have two contacts and then like 911 and they're weird. Huh. I like weird that. little little guys. Uh and they were discontinued like forever ago. I'm dropping a link. Um one of them is a little green phone that looks like Shrek, which I think is cute. And when oh. I was a kid, my my best friend had one, and it had like you could hmm. choose the ringtone, but we ended up using the like choose your ringtone feature as an MP3 player. So we would sit on the bus and listen oh, to the funny. dinky little like ringtones on loop. 
Oh, so you can't dial with these. It's literally press one, two, three, four, emergency. That's it. Yeah. Wow. That's very interesting. Yeah, they're really tiny. Um, I forget. Yeah, I guess you could take calls. Uh, Hold on. The Mego. At the bottom of this page, there's an article <laughs> called, I tried the Krispy Kreme Xbox donut. I see that. Yeah. Well, how what? Was it? That's, that's a monstrosity. This is from Why today. Does that this is from today. I was hoping we'd see that and it would be like, th- this is from 2009. That's what I thought. Time. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is this? What is this? It's the Xbox's 20th anniversary. And in the UK, I see, Krispy Kreme is celebrating with an ice donut designed to look like the X, like the green X in Xbox. Yeah, this last article we were looking at is from 2007. Yeah, and this one is just at the bottom. You know, clearly it just auto-populates. They are on yeah, sale yeah. in the UK. Okay, British people. Tell us, eat an Xbox Krispy Kreme donut <laughs> and tell us what it tastes like. If it turns you into a gamer, I'm sorry. Because now when you search best phones for kids, it just shows you, like, cheap smartphones. Yeah. I don't want my, to me. I don't want my kid to have a goddamn smartphone for a long time. No. Like when it's ranked, like these are the safest phones for kids. I don't know. Maybe you don't have a phone. Yeah, yeah the safest one. phone for a kid is no phone. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Audrey, I, yeah. Although, <laughs> did I send you pictures? Audrey has a fake phone, a plastic phone, like a fake flip phone. And she Beautiful. walks around. When we go on walks sometimes, quote unquote, talking on it to her friends <laughs> and then pausing to take selfies. Which, by the, just oh to emphasize, God. it does none of these things. It's literally just a piece of plastic. And she'll be like talking on it and be like, bah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. just as if she's having a super gossipy conversation with a friend and then pausing and doing the, like the, you know, the peace sign. And like, ugh, it's, it's simultaneously if- very cute and extremely troubling. <laughs> Why don't we all just use phones powered by the imagination? <laughs> Kids and smartphones, what to do when your child gets a new phone. Yeah, take it away. I like how these minis have kind of devolved into us just like reading shit off the internet, which honestly, pretty, pretty cool. It's fine. Uh, But by the way, we haven't asked what people think about these for a while. If you hate what we're doing, tell us. We'll ignore your advice and keep on doing it. Yeah, your words are going to be so small on my little phone (laughs) that I won't be able to discern what you're saying. Can you speak up? Can you speak a little louder, maybe? Mm -hmm. And then maybe I'll consider your opinion. Um, Okay, how to set up your new child's new mobile phone. Now, this is the kind of content that people listening to the mini want to hear, is how to set up a phone they don't have for a kid (laughs) they don't have. Um, I thought, by the way, I thought the episode with Grant was fucking awesome. I love that guy. He's so much fun. That was amazing. What a sweetheart of a dude and so talented and modest and everything. Yeah, I thought that was a really, really fun episode. Do not ignore calls from parents. What? Yeah, is that what it says? Yeah. Yeah. When you're setting up your guidelines for phone usage oh, with your but the child. Best part of being an adult is ignoring calls from parents. It's like Exactly. It's exactly what you want. <laughs> um I how do you feel about because there's just sort of the issue of people will put uh, uh, tracking apps on children's devices so they can see what they're looking at. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, it's interesting you mentioned this because this was a plot point in a recent episode of Cobra Kai. 
I I am all for it. I I think when you're under 18, like if you're not an adult, yeah, sure. Parents should be able to track where you are. I mean, I think there's, you know, there should be, I'm not saying kids should have no privacy, but as an emergency, if your kid like goes missing or something, you're going to, I mean, you're going to want to have that. I don't mean like the GPS tracking. I mean oh. like internet, phone, like activity monitor- monitoring. Oh, I said you meant GPS. Um, well, I, I think it depends on the kid. I have to say I'm not categorically for or against it. I think it's a mm. situational thing. Yeah, like uh, kid and age. Yeah, like if my kid is, I don't know, I'm going to pick a kind of arbitrary number that I have no particular conviction for, uh, under 15, let's say. Yeah, I, if they're using the web unsupervised, I want to know where they're going or at least have the option to know where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, as they get to be an older teenager, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like teenagers are going to do stuff specifically and their parents are never going to find out about it. So as long as you have a good relationship with your child, it's probably all going to work out. Yeah. But I think it's good to sometimes have a parent to have an, to have an option of seeing that stuff. Even Mm -hmm. if you're never going to use it, I'm probably in favor of. Mm. I, it all, it also depends on the parent, honestly. Mm -hmm. Uh, it depends on how extreme that parent will be with it. That's right. Uh, because if, for example, my mother had the type of tracking shit that you can do now, I would have, it would have been bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, I feel like for me, the biggest point is trusting your child and also the effects that feeling like your privacy has been violated at like a formative age has on yes. you as an adult. That's a big thing. Um. I don't know. I don't have a kid. Uh, so yeah, it's a hard question. I don't know. But I think had I had my internet usage been way more monitored when I was a kid, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now with the career that I have. Yeah, that's probably true. Because a lot um, of it was me doing stuff on the internet that I probably should not have been doing at an age that I shouldn't have been doing it at. Which I feel, but isn't that true for almost everybody? It, it isn't a hallmark of being a teenager doing stuff before your quote-unquote supposed to be doing it yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. i was doing different stuff than like you know i'm gonna drink and do drugs which i kind of wish i had done those things honestly uh yeah Yeah, i'm I'm trying to what the fuck did i do that was like rebellious yeah as a teenager not a lot i mean it's i didn't drink at all i didn't do drugs at all i did a lot of math uh (laughs) but uh, that, that wasn't math. I mean, some of it was math I was not supposed to be doing, but I did it anyway. You know Illegal what I mean? Legal math. Like it was math that was, yeah, it was too old for me. But I, but I, I, I found a, a time to rendezvous with it and, and really, really get my hands dirty. Um, the, I think I, I told you about one time I lit a fire in our basement when I was thirteen. Uh, and got in trouble what? for that, but that was pretty. It was small. It was a minor. I, don't, I was having a sleepover with a couple friends, and we poured some like I don't know lighter fluid or something in a Pepsi can and lit it. And it, you know, it was not a big deal. Uh, got in trouble <clears throat> for it, but you know, whatever. Relatively small occurrence. Dumb idea for sure, but mm-hmm. not you know terrible. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, and there's yeah. also the level of damage that kids can do with internet access now. Right. Not that you couldn't have done that with internet 
internet, internet access when I was younger, but like there's so much damage you can do online. Yeah. And also that online Which can do wasn't to your available brain to me. simply by virtue of having been on it. Yes, that's right. I mean, the and only thing, look, when I, when I was a kid, online for me were some BBSs, like old school text BBSs, you know, wow. that's, that's what it was for me as a kid. So I didn't, and I was too scared to use most of them. So I would call up uh, and log on, I think as a guest in most cases, which was an option. And then that was it. And I never like chatted with people online, never, ever chatted with mm. people. In fact, I don't even think I knew that was an option. Um, <laughs> it's probably for but, the best because then you're going to start doing math with some unsavory characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some math rebels. <laughs> yeah, I... I created like my first account on anything when I was seven. Um, I created an email address so I could make an account on the Nancy Drew forums. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was, I was going to ask if it was Club Penguin. Club Penguin was like way later. Um, but yeah, my, my first one was uh, the, at the old Nancy Drew forums. Were you a big Nancy Drew fan? Uh, I was a huge fan of the Nancy Drew video games. Hmm. Because there was a series of like point and click mystery adventure games uh, created by her in her interactive. I liked the books; they were fine. But the games, I just adored and still have intense hmm. fondness for. I played most of them to a certain point. I think Creature of Kapu Cave was when I fell off because the quality really started going down at that point. But like in the heyday, uh, oh fuck, what's it called? Danger on Deception Island is my favorite one. There's a mystery in in a whaling town uh, mm. in the Pacific Northwest, and you gotta you gotta problem solve. It's it, th- those games were a huge inspiration on Dream Daddy. Cool, actually. Oh, huh. so yeah, I made a, an account on there, and I read. There was a lot of Nancy Drew fan fiction, but it wasn't like fan like romantic sexual fan fiction. It was just like Nancy going on fun adventures, and there was one that That's I loved. Awesome. There was one that I loved that was just like, hey, what if Nancy Drew was an idiot? (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that was so intensely formative on my personality. Uh, Just the sense of humor of that. Yeah. But, you know, you would do your little forum signature where you would like cutesily say like, I solved the, the, I I survived the danger on Deception Island. I found the secret in the Royal Tower, like with your little Mm -hmm. ASCII art on there. Yeah. It was cute. Wait, do you not say ASCII? I don't say ASCII. Are you supposed to say ASCII? I've only heard it as ASCII. Shit. That's. Huh. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure either is acceptable because that's certainly what those letters are. I, but I've only. I, I've never heard someone say the letters. I think I'm cool enough that I've never had to encounter anybody else saying that word in person. Ah, see, this is where you and I differ because I am <laughs> not cool enough and have certainly been around plenty of people that have pronounced that. And I'm also old enough where that was a thing you know, when I, when I was growing up, that ASCII was a big deal. Oh, yeah. You want to walk through for your favorite video game? Well, buckle up, bitch. Hell yeah. It's ASCII time. Oh, I want to play some of those old Infocom games. Those are so great. And they're so, some of them are really fucking well-written. Like, really I bet, I bet we could find an emulator and, like, play it for a mini or something. We must be able to, because there's some, uh, what Infocom game would I want you to play? I mean, well, there's the Hitchhiker's game, which is really great um and a bit different than the books in a fun way uh leather goddesses of phobos might be fun too found uh, it 
What, Leather Goddesses of Phobos or an Infocom emulator? Or both? Infocom emulator. It's great. So, I mean, they've, they've all got to be there. Yes. Yep, Leather Goddesses of Phobos. There it is. Hitchhiker's uh, Guide. Do they have a mind forever voyaging? Yep. Th- that one's supposed to be wild. I've never I'm going to drop a link one. for you. Oh, look at these yeah. fucking... That would be super fun. I always really wanted hijinks to... Um, might be fun. Did you ever play the I Have No Mouth and Must Scream game? You know what? I never did. Uh, I've wanted to, but I haven't. That would be fun to play. It's notoriously extremely hard, and I've right. tried to take a crack at it. But as always with those games, it's just like, how the fuck was I supposed to figure oh. that out? You know what we should play is the Neuromancer game. <clears throat> yeah? Yeah, it's got a soundtrack by Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. It's probably oh, from shit. the early 90s, maybe late 80s. Uh, oh, this is a vibe. Yeah. It's, it, Brian, the, the, this, uh, everyone, welcome to Late Night Let's Play channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I, I was obsessed with this Neuromancer game. This looks very cool. I love the aesthetics of it. Oh, right. I mean, it is so of its time. You can hack. Beautiful. Oh, my God. Yeah, we should we should do some of this shit. Maybe like fifteen dollar tier or something. That would be great. Oh, this neuro man, I haven't played this neuro neuromancer game in God, I mean we're talking thirty years. Fuck. Yeah, let's let's do it. I would love to experience this with you. Yeah. Okay. We'll fi- we'll find a way to make it work. The the thing that it'll be interesting with these is a bunch of them have like copyright protection things, you know, like materials that came with the game that you need in order to play it. Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> about? What? No. Oh, this was a big thing. So there would be, Infocom did this. I think the Neuromancer did this too. Um, in the box for the game, you would have like a manual or a little, you know, kind of a, one of those things where it's like multiple concentric wheels and you spin them and they reveal different things uh, <laughs> in, in windows uh, on the wheel. And so as basically copy protection, if you didn't have the physical thing, Mm-hmm. You were you just be permanent, you know, permanently stuck at different points in the game, and uh, that's always the hard thing with these older games is that if you don't have that thing, like occasionally the game will be like, pull this out of your box and tell me what this is, and they try to do it like in context sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I um, think it's it seems like with these emulators they have that covered, so. Mm-hmm. Infocom That's was famous fun. for including what they called feelies in the box. Where so in the Hitchhiker's box, they gave you a pair of uh, what were they called? The panic sensitive sunglasses, which were oh. just black glass, solid black cardboard glasses. Uh, they had a piece of fluff. Uh, they you know they had some really cool shit in those boxes. Wait, so what's the purpose of a feely? You just like touch it and it's cool? Some of it was just like cool shit that came with the game, yeah. That's very neat. I still have basically all of these in a box. I just, I I hit you with a link to a place that has like high quality scans of all of it. Oh, great. This is neat. God, this graphic design is unparalleled. Holy shit. Oh, we could play uh, Bureaucracy, which was a Douglas Adams written game. Um, wow, which was really fun. This is very Look cool. This, yeah, I'm Infocom glad this episode kind of became about older, uh, older technology shit. Yeah, it, it really did. Look at. This. I was um, right before this episode. I got weed delivered, you know, for my mm-hmm. birthday, uh, mm-hmm. 
and the guy noticed my phone. And so we were talking about it and he was talking about having, you know, like a Nokia brick being his first indestructible phone. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that do you, it wasn't going well, anywhere. Well, do you like having a conversation piece? <laughs> I would imagine you don't really want people to talk to you generally speaking, right? I have not had this for a very long period of time. Um, but I don't know. I, maybe before COVID, I would have been like, yeah, nobody talked to me. But now I'm kind of like, hey, uh, strangers, please talk to me. Unless mm-hmm. you were a weird man following me around, in which case, do not talk to me. <laughs> like, what, what did the guy yell? Uh, uh, oh, smile, pussycat? Smile, pussycat. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that reminds Be- me. Beloved so, friend, just ha- pissing ha- me off on purpose. Have you seen Faster Pussycat Kill Kill? Oh, of course I've seen Faster Pussycat okay, Kill Kill. Sure. I'm just making sure. I I've, I only watched it like semi-recently, but God, what great. an incredible movie. Yes, absolutely. I mean, just a stunning example of the genre. Also, just the name Varla for an yep. evil bitch character is just perfection. What was um, that actor? The actor's name is Tia Satana, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, it has the great song by... Oh, fuck. It's not... It, the cramps didn't do it, did they? I think they I did don't a remember. cover of it. Uh, what is it? It's oh motherfucker! Hold on. But, is that what's the line from the movie? The point is of no return, and you just got there. I <laughs> there are so many good one-liners in that movie. Yeah. I can't, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen Faster Pussycat. It's all on YouTube, I think. Oh, I yeah. bet. Tura Satana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tura Satana. Right. Tura. What a great name. Yeah, just incredible. Um, everyone listening, I highly recommend that you watch it. What are your feelings on Russ Meyer? Russ Meyer? <clears throat> the director oh, of that, I believe, it? right? Yeah. And a notorious, like, exploiteur. Uh, I don't think I've seen any of his other stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I forget. Don't think what, so. did he he did one of the Valley of the Dolls, right? Yeah, Beyond oh, the Valley of the Dolls. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Which I have. Cool. Not, God, why? It's so interesting. The thing where you don't talk about something for a while, and then somebody mentions it, and then you see it everywhere. Jory and I were just talking about Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Um, Famously written by. Do you know this? Roger Ebert. Yes. Yeah, that's why we were talking about it, because I watched, uh, I finally found, through totally legal avenues, of course, uh, Crash 1996, David Cronenberg. Oh, really? You Fuck, Had you not seen that? Good. I had not, because you can't, it's not streaming anywhere, which makes sense, considering it's a 100-minute sex scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that might be my favorite Cronenberg now. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's maybe the best book-to-film adaptation I've ever seen. I've never read the book. Yeah, J.G. Ballard's Crash is great. It, it, it is like oh, really right. the it's perfect. A Ballard. I yes, Ballard. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, God, I Ballard, was, what a fucking pairing, Ballard and Cronenberg, match made in heaven. I mean, it's. I mean, it, they pull it off perfectly. It feels like so perfect. The casting is amazing. I, going into it, I was like, oh man, I don't want to see James Spader fuck. And I did not realize that he was once young and hot. So it's oh, it's. Did you really very, not real? I guess you'd be no, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I'm old. Was, I'm, I'm a baby. It's I only know him as old man. Have you never seen Sliver? No. Oh, that's where the cat Sliver. 
I like to watch. You've never seen this? No. This is shocking to me. This is like a core erotic thriller from the mid to late 90s, I'm going to say. Maybe earlier. I've just realized that like, I really love erotic thrillers. Like, They're just... Mm-hmm. They make me so glad they exist because it's like, you know what? I think all movies, like a good art comes from being horny. Um, Sure. And all of Cronenberg's movies are so aggressively, stubbornly horny that to watch Crash where it's like you just leaned in. um, Yeah, it was a delight. I was transfixed. But I was reading the Roger Ebert review of that movie because I was curious what he thought about it. And then the closing line was something like... uh, now, if only somebody would put this much care into making a movie about one of my fetishes. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I am completely wrong. James Spader was not in Sliver. I must have been thinking of something else. But I am also surprised you don't know Sliver. What what sexy James Spader movie were you thinking of? I'm trying to... What, maybe it was just Crash. I thought he was in something like that. I got to look this up. So I also did, didn't realize that it was Holly Hunter until she opened her mouth. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, unmistakable voice. Oh, Uh, Sharon Stone's in this movie. Okay, I'm in. Let's see. I just, like, I have been feeling shitty, so I started watching movies again, and I've watched a bunch of movies uh, in the past week. Describe. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I'm looking at my letterbox. I watched... The Dirties, which is a really fun um, found footage, like school shooting, like dark comedy, which I thought was amazing. It has the guy from uh, Nirvana, the band, the show, and also We Shop Wednesday mm-hmm. uh, in it. It's very funny. It's like all improv. It's it's in the realm of um, Zero Day and Gus Van Sant's Elephant, where it's just mm-hmm. like we're just doing mm-hmm. Columbine, but very funny. I watched Love Liza uh, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yes, where yes, yes. His, wife commits suicide and then he starts huffing gas. Great. Um, I watched Michael Haneke's Amour, uh, which is a bummer. Watch Crash. And then I watched Michael Haneke's Happy End, which is like, I'm disturbed by how much Michael Haneke gets the internet. Like, it's sort of like Michael Haneke does Unfriended, sort of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. I also rewatched the first three Saw movies and I watched the new Nick Cage movie, Pig. Oh, how was Pig? Um, I fucking hated it. Okay. <laughs> this this is my new... I, I didn't realize that everybody loved this movie because I just haven't been looking at social media. So uh, when I got out and I was like, surely everyone's talking shit on this. Nope. Uh, everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. I, I, on principle, do not walk out of movies. It was my first movie back in a movie theater. Oh, you saw it in and, the theater. Okay. Cool. Yes, I did. And uh, what a waste. I feel like this is going to be the new Knives Out where everyone's constantly like, why didn't you like Pig? (sighs) Well, and and it was directed by Ryan Johnson, right? (laughs) Yeah, the root of all evil. Ryan Johnson's Pig. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'll probably talk about it on a full episode uh, whenever that is. But yeah. I'm kind of, well... I've been over the whole Nicolas Cage thing for years now. Like, f- fine. I like Nicolas, you know, when he's used well, he's great. But, like, can we just Have stop? you seen Vampire's Kiss? I mean, a long time ago, but yes. It's great. I think 
not only do I think that's Nick Cage's best performance, I think it's maybe one of the greatest performances of all time. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, for me, Raising Arizona will always be the definitive. Of Nicholas course, Cage yeah, movie. yeah. It's just he's amazing. The whole film is incredible. Um, but yeah, Vampire's Kiss is way up there, and what a weird fucking movie. Yeah, and like to be clear about Pig, I didn't not like it because it wasn't taken with a pig as it was pitched. Because I didn't watch a trailer or read anything about it, I just knew there's Nick Cage and a pig. Mm-hmm. What I did not expect that it is um, a quote unquote 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 existential movie. Mm. Uh, it's like an existential cooking movie. Um, Sorry if that's spoilers for anyone who is excited to see it, but I, I like cannot express how much I haven't hated a movie that much in a long time. Wow, cool! It's it, it's like the ultimate fake deep shit. Like reading the reviews where everyone was like, "This is a beautiful meditation on grief and loss." It was like, "This is the most stereotypical dead wife shit I've ever seen." Like the script feels like it was written in five minutes. Well, here here's of course the thing is if you write sort of pablum, but you do mm-hmm. it artfully, people will think it's genius. Yeah, it's slow, and Nick Cage I don't really say, proves his legitimacy as an actor by simply choosing not to act. Yeah, so I didn't mean artfully. I mean, if you if you pick something that's kind of stylistic, mm-hmm. even if it sucks. In fact, yeah. it has to sort of suck more so that people you're just hitting people over the face with how obvious your ideas are. Oh, if you, yeah. If you yeah. do that and you like add a bit of directorial flair or production mm-hmm. design to it, people will think you're a goddamn genius. The cinematography was really nice, but by mm-hmm. the final scene of the movie, which literally from the first act, I was like, all right, I know exactly every beat of this story and I know exactly what this is going to end on. And as it was happening, like I could not, it's supposed to be a very touching thing. And I just like could not keep my fucking laughter in. Like I immediately, like I had signed my Alamo draft house check, like the moment it came and just like bolted mm. <laughs> the moment the credits started. <laughs> it sucked. Well, I'm um, glad you so found every- something new to hate. Everyone come at me. Uh, All right. But yeah, done. otherwise, watched a bunch of great movies other than that. Um, I was so that's say, the end of the mini-sode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to end. Don't uh, see Pig, or I don't know. Sorry if I spoiled Pig mildly for you. Just, it's, I don't know. I thought it sucked. Well, let, go watch it and tell us what you thought. I'm not going to see it. Yeah. It's not my bag. I don't, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and out of sheer spite, as you might notice, the theme in the movies that I watched, uh, I was like, no, I'm going to watch better movies about loss and grief. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, speaking of loss, you're about to lose this particular mini-sode. Goodbye. Oh, shit, bye. <laughs> uh, I got a little horse whinny out of that. Yeah. Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Knight, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Knight, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>